So today we were driving and my daughter asked me a question. She said, Daddy, why did you name me Joy? And I told her, I said, it's because it's your mom's middle name. Maybe that's not the excitement she was looking for. And she said, no. She said something like this. It's because, you know how kids tell you, Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. And then she said, joy, or something like that. And I thought, "Mm, joy. I said, I'm going to preach that. You know, uh, so that's what I like to preach uh, on the thought of a message entitled joy. You know, sometimes when we go to the house of God, we don't need a revelation. You know, sometimes people are looking for that go to the house of God and I get this revelation and I've never heard that before. And it's like the ooh factor, like, I never heard that. The preacher talked about revelations. You know, if they talk about revelations, they're probably, they need to go back. It's called the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him. It's not even John's, but anyway. But sometimes we don't need a revelation. You know what we need? We need a reminder. We need to get back to the things and we need to hear the same thing again. Now, if you grew up, maybe your mom said it this way. If I said it once, I said it a thousand times. When I was in boot camp, our drill instructors, they would repeat the same things over and over again. Well, you got a chance when uh, you were in boot camp near the end to imitate your drill instructors in front of them without Fear of reprisal. Now, I didn't do this because I didn't trust that there was going to be no reprisal. But there were people that could do a spinning image of the drill instructor. You know why? Because they had heard the drill instructor say it over and over and over and over. And you know that that's what sometimes we need is not just to learn new things, but to hear the same things, the same gospel, the same resurrection, the same promises. So the Bible says that this eunuch, after he had given his life to Jesus, after he was baptized in water, he came up, the preacher got translated like Star Trek, and the Bible said the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. You know that how this all started, that's in Acts chapter 8 and verse 39. Well, in Acts chapter 8 verse 5, it wasn't Reverend Love, but it was Reverend Philip. He was a revivalist, and he went down, and they had a revival in Samaria. The Bible says in Acts chapter 8 and verse 5, he preached what? Jesus Christ unto them. You know, that's what people really need to hear. Jesus Christ. And the Bible said that there was a lot, were a lot of things that happened, that uh, unclean spirits came out. People were healed. And then here's here's what I wanted to get to. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 8. And there was great joy in that city. So a lot of people wonder, how do I get joy? Have you ever thought about that? It's like, preacher, I could use some, some joy in my life. And you say, how do I get that joy? Well, first of all, it's not from the stimmy. You know, a lot of the young people, they call the stimulus the stimmy. Well, I'm going to get my stimmy. You know, stimmies are a blessing. You get a stimmy, so well, it's a waste of money. It is a waste of money. The government shouldn't be doing that. But I'm going to take mine. Okay? You know that I'm thankful for the stimmy. And they say, oh, preacher, what are you going to do with your stimmy? Well, I, I put it in savings. Stimmy savings. But you know what? They're a blessing. But is joy from the stimmy? 
No, there was a man that killed like three or four people over the stimmy because they wouldn't share the stimmy. There's no joy in the stimmy. I want to put forth to you how, what, not only what joy is, but how you get joy. Because I believe that sometimes we can get in the clouds. He's a preacher. I go to church and I go to conference and I read my Bible and sometimes I got no joy. Here's a guaranteed way to get joy. Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. Not only is that a good acronym, that's how you get joy. So let's look at it. First of all, Jesus first. And why Jesus first? And why does that have anything to do with joy? Because Jesus Christ gives life meaning. A lot of people look for meaning and maybe sometime they'll look for it when they're young in a man or in a woman or in a, when you're even before that, you'll look for it in a sport. You'll look for it to be good at something, maybe getting straight A's when you're in school. But you find out after you accomplish that, that's not satisfying. And then maybe it'll be saving money. And I remember a man on an airplane, and I've shared this before, but he found out I was a preacher and he said, you know, I've made some good investments and I, I paid my house off and I have my truck, my old truck, and my, my kids are in school and, and uh, you know, I basically got everything I, I need. And then he said, but what now? I mean, really? People think, well, I get my joy then. No, you don't. And he didn't want to hear me talk about Jesus Christ. He began to keep going. But let me tell you, there is meaning in Christ. You know, people need the meaning of life. What's the meaning of life? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You see, a lot of people are looking for uh, joy that comes in a can, like some motivational speaker. Uh, you know, and some people are great speakers, but there's no joy in a can. You know where joy comes? It comes in a cross. That's where, and they say, well, that's counterintuitive. It doesn't make any sense. The cross was sad. Uh, you know, it was sad, but the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the what? joy that was set before him. Who was the joy? You and me and Sister Bigelow Joy and Emma Joy. The joy. He endured the what? The cross. Despising the shame that Jesus went through the cross to reunite us with the Father. That his blood would give us forgiveness of sins to bring us back to the fellowship to find a a relationship with our creator. So the, uh, is the uh, eunuch, he was in his chariot. He had gone to Jerusalem and then he came back and he was uh, sitting in his chariot at a rest stop, right? I don't know, at the side of the road or whatever, eating his hot dog, kosher hot dog. And um, here's Philip. He was told to go away from his revival and go down to Samaria, which is desert. And so he did. He followed God. And he saw that this eunuch was reading uh, the prophet Isaiah. And so he went and joined himself to this great man. He was a great man. So he was a, uh, under Queen Kandasi or Kandaki. He was in charge of all of her treasure. So this was a sophisticated man. He may have had guards around him. Might have had a, you know, one of those pimped out chariots or something like that. But uh, the Bible said that he heard him. He was reading out loud. Have you ever had kids read out loud? Well, the Bible said he heard him read the prophet Isaiah. And, you know, like a soul winner, you don't really know what to say, but he just like said something. Hey, you know what you're reading? <laughs> you know, knowing what you read is more important than being able to read. I heard a story of a, a young lady. 
a young, a young Christian, right? And they knew how to read, or a young, a young person, okay? So they're reading their Bible. And they had an older grandmother who was illiterate, didn't know how to read. And so the grandmother would say, you know, read this, read this scripture. And so the little kid would read the scripture to the grandma who couldn't read. And then the grandma would say, good, that's good. Now let me tell you what it means. You see, it's more important to know what the word of God means than just to read it. And the Bible said, uh, the, the, the eunuch responded, how can I? I don't get it. Except some man should guide me. And they said, Philip, come. I need to understand what the word of God said. Brethren, I had a Bible growing up when I lived in sin. I would sit, I would open it. If you ever do that before you got saved, you open your Bible. You know where I'd open it? I'd open it up to the middle. You know what's in the middle? Psalms. And I'd read a psalm and I'd be like, I don't get it. And I'd shut the Bible and I'd stick it back. That's what I would do. And until I get, I heard someone that began to tell me about Jesus and the Spirit of God began to move. I didn't know what was going on. And uh, the Bible said the place of the scripture which you read and it was about the cross. It was a prophecy of Jesus going to the cross. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb... Dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. And then the Bible said the eunuch began to ask questions. Is he talking about himself or is he talking about someone else? And Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him what? Jesus. The same thing he preached in Samaria will work with in Gaza, which is desert. The same thing that works in Gaza will work in the United States. You don't have to change Jesus. The Bible said Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, forever. Jesus still gives men and women meaning in their lives. Ask someone, what's the meaning of life? I asked that to Siri. Well, who's Siri? Siri's the lady on the phone, right? Your, your electronic voice on the iPhone. Siri, what's the meaning of life? And they gave a non-answer. Why? Because without Jesus, what is the meaning of life? Are we just uh, come from monkeys? They say uh, uh, goo to you by way of the zoo. Is that all it's about? Is life just to make money or to get a white picket fence or to, you know, uh, uh, do some other uh, exploits? You see that men and women, they lose their meaning and they lose their joy. But with Jesus, we can have joy because Jesus gives us meaning. I know who I am. I know who created me. I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. And I know who made the change in my life. Jesus gives us meaning. Preachers, one named Oswald Chambers, and he wrote a devotional called My Utmost for His Highest. It's a pretty good devotional. He lived about 100 years ago. He died in Egypt. He went to minister to the troops the English troops in Egypt, and he died of like a, it was some sort of a embolism or some sort of a, some sort of a, a malady that couldn't be treated over there. Well, when he was teaching, there was a serious seminarian who was one of his students and said, I was shocked at what I considered his undue levity, which means he was always joking around. He was cutting up. And they said he was the most irreverent, reverend, I had ever met. You know, when God gives you joy, people are like, you don't act like a pastor. You don't, I don't have to act like a pastor. I am a pastor. I don't have to act like a preacher. I am a preacher. Guess what? 
Preachers act like me. You know, a lot of people, they think, well, the preacher should be a walk around with a dour expression on his face. Let me tell you, that's how I used to be. But when Jesus set me free, he set me free. Once like a bird in prison, I dwell. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But you know, when Jesus came and listened to me, glory to God, he set me free. And there's another, Charles Spurgeon, who was a great preacher in London. He was rebuked by a lady. You ever been rebuked by someone before? I had a lady come up to me in open rebuke. I was like, well, never had that happen before, but I, it's, it's something. But he was rebuked by a lady in his congregation for his too frequent expressions of joy and the use of humor in his preaching. And so he replied, Madam, you should give me a medal for holding it back as much as I do. I tell my wife all the time, man, if I wasn't a preacher, I'd have this bumper sticker and I'm doing this practical joke on the brother. Why? Because Christians are free. We can have fun that God gives us a freedom, the freedom that the world doesn't give. But Jesus gives us freedom from ourselves. Jesus gives us an answer. You see, when you put Jesus first, he gives your life meaning. My life has meaning. Say, preacher, what do you do for a living? I just tell people about Jesus. And you know what? It, that, that's the best job there is. Say, oh, preacher, in 100 years, what other jobs are going to mean anything? Nothing. It's just the Bible says only one life. Or excuse me, the song says only one life, so soon it's going to pass. And only what's done for what? Christ is going to last. Jesus first. Joy. The second, others. Second. Before yourself. So when you put Jesus first, God will not... Now, God will give you meaning when you come in, uh, when you give your life to Jesus. He'll give you meaning. He'll change you. Remember when you gave your life to Jesus? You're like, whoa. And then it was like fighting to get to church. And it was like, tithe? What's tithe? And everything was just different. You know, but then you begin to look at the word of God. And you begin to look at the, your life and begin to match it up to the word. You remember that? I remember that. And then I'm like, oh, uh, you know, I'm not supposed to do that? Okay, well, praise God. I didn't know that. But, you know, you just begin to read the word of God. And you begin to see others living the word of God. It's exciting to be around brethren. So you're not doing it all by yourself. But others, second. You see, Jesus will give you meaning, but he won't leave you there. He'll give you purpose. Purpose. And what's the great purpose of a Christian? To reach someone else and bring them to Jesus. You know, if you're looking for a purpose, if you want, this is how to get joy. I'm telling you, this is how you get joy. No, it's not, preacher. You get joy by listening to a worship song. You can listen to a worship song and get an incredible emotional feeling, okay? But you can also listen to a sinner song. You know, one of those like power ballads by Michael Bolton. No offense, Mr. Bolton. I don't know if he's listening to this, but you can listen to a power ballad and you can get an intense amount of emotion listening to a 1980s song that has nothing to do with Jesus. You know, song can give us great emotion, but if you want joy, you got to do it God's way. And when you get joy, it's because you put Jesus first in your life. And then God, like Philip, he said, go down here, go do this. Yes, sir. And when you begin to do that, you have a purpose in your life. I get up in the morning pretty early and, I, and I, I don't jump out of bed, but I usually, I have a scripture in my mind. I kind of rotate my legs out of the bed. I don't jump. Because if I jumped out of bed, that'd be it. I'd be found there later, knocked out, right? But I, I have a scripture and it's like, this is the day that the Lord has made. 
I will rejoice and be glad in it. Or, uh, you know, just something exciting that God has a purpose for my life today. Well, as Philip was talking to this eunuch, they went on their way and they came unto a body of water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? I was reading my notes and my, my pastor, who's since gone to be with the Lord, he said that there was a French pastor. And uh, my pastor asked this French pastor, how do you baptize? Because that's how, what you ask people, right? And the French pastor said, I don't say anything. I just baptize them. God told me to baptize them. And I baptize them. I just dunk them in the water. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So no, you're supposed to baptize them. Now I'll say in the name of the Father and of the Son, of the Holy Ghost. But it doesn't say to say that. It just said that that is the authority, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. But it's not what you say. It's just that you baptize them because Jesus said, do what? Baptize them. I had this person, and that's a big deal because some people believe that Jesus and the Father and the Spirit are all one person. And they say that you have to baptize them in the name of Jesus only. I said, it doesn't matter how you baptize in water because that's not what saves you. The blood of Jesus Christ saves you. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. You can baptize, but it's the water. It's the keeping of God's commandment to baptize. So the eunuch said, here's water. What's, what's stopping me? You know that... He had seen that joy in no doubt Philip's life. He had seen the meaning and the purpose in Philip's life. And he's like, man, I want that meaning. He's like, uh, what's stopping me? And Philip said, notice, he said, if, he said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. You see, the purpose of our life is to, is to bring people to God. What did Paul say when he got saved? Lord, what will thou have me to do? What's my new purpose? What did the jailer say in Philippi? He said, sirs. What must I do to be saved? He said, I want to have that purpose that you have. I want to have that joy when things are going wrong. And the Bible said that, uh, eunuch said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So notice what uh, they did. They went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he just dunked him. Now, I'm going to say some words, but he just dunked him. And the Bible said he came up. Now, you see, the eunuch not only got saved... But when someone gets saved, they also see how it was done. So when you get someone to come to church, they realize that you came to their house. They realize that you called them seven times. They realize that you were praying for them. I can imagine the eunuch say, how did you come to my chariot anyway? The Holy Ghost told me. And I just followed the Holy Ghost. It's just like that. He's like, really? You mean God will guide you like that? Yeah, he'll guide you like that. And they were talking and as they were going along. And the Bible said the eunuch got so excited, man. He's like, hey, this is the time. You know that when God does something in your life, uh, he puts the fruit of the Spirit in your life. What is the fruit? It's not just one like, well, I'm just going to have the fruit of peace today. No, it's all of it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. The Bible said all this fruit begins to come out of your life. Why? Because the Spirit gets in your life, the Spirit directs your life, and all the fruit begins to pop out, and the devil can't stop it. And you see, when you put people second, then you put yourself last. See, well, here's where the joy comes from. You see, when you get God's meaning and God's purpose in your life, then that fruit of the Spirit begins to hunt you down. And the Bible said, let the saints, have you ever heard, let the saints sing aloud on their bed? It didn't say whether it was a good day or it was a bad day. It was just a joy day. 
You know that I'm thankful that you know that's what kara or joy means. It means it means that calm delight, cheerfulness. Where does it come from? All the way from there. Now stimmies are okay, but the joy comes straight from Jesus. God changed me. God gave me favor, and then God began to give me a purpose in my life, whether I make a lot or I make don't make a lot. I remember when I used to work on the, the construction job, I tell my, my wife, honey, it's a short check this week. And it was like a joke because it seemed like I would say that almost every week. And she was like, oh, you never say that. You know, she's really, but she, but you know what, whether you're up or whether you're down, Jesus Christ has not changed. Jesus Christ is still powerful. Jesus Christ will still direct your life. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He's going to go with you. And then when you've done the Jesus first and when you've done the other second, you see, uh, joy, you don't find joy. You don't pray for joy. That's not how you get joy. If you've done that, you're probably frustrated because I've probably done that too. But say, preacher, how do I get joy? You put Jesus first. Put him first. I mean, really put him first. And then begin to do his work, reaching others. You'll feel like a deep-seated purpose in your life. Have you ever just invited, God prompted you to talk to someone about Jesus? Man, I love it. And it's awkward, and you're like, how do I start this? And I'm going to, you know, but, but afterwards, you're like, wow, this life is real. This isn't a church thing. But God still deals with hearts. And uh, you won't find joy. You know, you find God, you work for God. And joy finds you. Yourself last. Now, God's not putting you last because he doesn't. That's just the order of how God does things. You put him first. Then you put others second. And then God will make sure. It's not Joe. It's joy. <laughs> that God will make sure that, that you are taken care of. That God has given you. The disciples had that, the feeding of the 5,000. They worked so hard for God. But then God had 12 baskets of fish and bread filled at the end. God has taken care of us. The Bible says, I'd like to leave you with this. Our, our Sister, are you playing altar call? Deuteronomy chapter 28. In verse 1, it shall come to pass. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Put God first, right? To observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day. That the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Listen in verse 2. And all these blessings shall come on thee. I like this. And overtake you're not going to search for the blessing. You just do what God wants you to do. The blessings are going to be like a flood. They're going to find you. They're going to find your zip code, your area code. And the blessings of God are going to come upon you. If thou shalt hearken to the voice of thy God. You know when Jesus was born, the Bible said in uh, Luke chapter 2 and verse said, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of what? Great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day, what's the, what's the source of joy? Unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior is born, which is Christ the Lord. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, how do you find joy? I need joy. It's not a feeling. Oh, it feels good. <laughs> but like that song said, it's more than a feeling. We're living on more than a feeling. There's a, there's, a, there's a calm delight that can give you that warm fuzzy when everything's going crazy. When there's a storm, you can be asleep on a pillow. How do I get there, preacher? Jesus first. Jesus first. Others second. And then that other stuff, God can take care of it. 
and it'll come upon you just like the blessings in Deuteronomy. You just listen to God. Listen to what God wants to do. He'll give you meaning. He'll give you purpose. And then God will bless you. God will take care of you. And he'll bless other people along the way. Let's find a place to pray.